The following conversation is a conversation between me and Adam Greenbaum. Adam is the CEO of WhiskerCloud, an advertising company based in Denver, but he's also an AI researcher and a SaaS enthusiast. He's actually sold a SaaS company successfully, and now he's 100% focused on his marketing agency. The reason I wanted to have this conversation with him is very simple. I wanted to identify new marketing trends with the rise of AI, and I wanted his opinion on paid media and how paid media will evolve as content becomes AI generated rather than created by users. Adam, if you, if you could please start this off, please let us know why you're into AI, okay? What attracts you about AI and what you do for a living and how this could help you. I guess how, let's start this off by, by starting there. Well, I, uh, I'm Adam Greenbaum, live in Newport Beach, California. I was born and raised in Vegas and then made a quick stop in Denver for a few years. But yeah, I owned, uh, I owned an advertising agency in Denver and now I own a SaaS company that was acquired last year out here in California. Um, so we have thousands of customers around the world who are veterinary clinics. And for us, um, you know, a lot of the work we've done just, there's a lot of manual work. You know, we do custom websites, SEO, uh, paid advertising, uh, reputation management, social media, graphic design, million things. So we do all those things. And, and, and really for us, um, man, I, I've been long feeling before I started either of my companies, AI is coming, you know, I get in trouble. Although like this audience is different than my, my audience, my current audience, you know, I gotta, I gotta like respect my customers on the flip side for me, you know, listen, they're scared. I, I, well, I think the whole world is scared, but to be honest, like I truly believe, and this is a really shitty thing to say. Am I allowed to cuss? Yeah, of course. Right. Of course. Oh, right. No. All right. Well, so anyway, <laughs> myself, like, I, I don't think this world needs bank tellers. I don't think this world needs people to um, bag groceries. I just, I don't believe that. Now I know that's horrible and people are going to lose their jobs. I don't think the world needs receptionists. I just don't. So, you know, it's a really, really reality, but you know, and I get a lot of shit for that, but it's truly how I feel about this stuff. But you're not all, but when you're saying that, you're not saying, hey, I want all these people to lose their jobs. You're just stating the logic of the fact. You're not like wishing harm on others. I, that's why I agree with you is yeah. what, what are you, think about it this way though. Like let's, and I'm, I, I really empathize with everybody and I under, I, I'm very like, you know, I do empathize with everybody, but I always say this to myself is just how, how good of a quality of life does a receptionist really have? And no. while, while we're really saying this might sound bad. Do you feel like Adam that like this will force people to develop necessary skill sets? Well, I mean, I think the the right answer would be yeah, of course, people are going to do that, but are they no? I mean, guess what? AI is going to cause um like severe inequality, which is already a problem in the US, but I think it's going to get a lot worse. Uh, but I, I think that's just part of natural progression. You know, at some point, I w someone had tweeted me a couple of days ago. I, I had sent a tweet about like, you know, AI coming for 300 million jobs. And, and I think he said sarcastically, but AI is a good thing, right? Right. I'm like, hey, at one point there were cobblers and stenographers and travel agents, you know, shit happens. At one point there weren't cars. Now there's cars. And probably 20 years from now, there won't be cars. There'll be the next thing. At one point we had antennas on our TVs. Now we don't. Um, I literally, I'm talking to you for, you know, using technology. I mean, the fact of the matter is, um, life changes, business changes. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think the world is in for a really big shock in the next 10 years. 
So, and that's, first of all, I want to touch on a couple things you said. So number one, I'm with you, except I think that might be an expedited, it seems like things are going to go, shit's going to hit the fan this year and next year. It seems like people really are like, do you believe, I'm going to ask you this, do you think there's an honest chance one day in 2023 or 2024, we wake up and you can't withdraw your money from your bank? Like, do you really think that's going to happen? I don't. I mean, we just, we just survived. I say we as like a society. Yeah, yeah. The SVB thing. I think there's enough things in place that it will stop. But I, I get what you're saying. I could see some issues, and maybe that, maybe that's the case at some banks. I mean, hey, with the SVB thing, people did wake up and couldn't get to their money. Um, so that could definitely happen. But um, I, I think, I think the probably the thing you'll see more of is you'll start seeing like massive, massive layoffs uh, across the board. I, and I just read something about McDonald's is like winding up to do something drastic. So, you know, I, I think that's where you'll see the bigger effects. And it, uh, well, fast food chains are, I think going to be the first ones to do these layoffs because they've been investing in <clears throat> robots that can do the job of fast food workers at 99.9% .9 accuracy for like yep. the last 10 years. Right now, there's a sandwich shop. You you from Vegas, so you know what Capriotti's the sandwich shop is. Dude, I, I know Jason Smiley, who's yeah. like the head guy at Capriotti's. And I know uh, I know George Chanos, who's one of their who's the chairman of board of advisors on, at Capriotti's, who work who loves who loves Jason actually. And he said he said the same. He said, "Why would we continuously look to hire people when right now we pay we pay for a robot? In ten years, we make our money back. So after ten years, he said." We, we don't have to pay for our staff. There's no staff costs out of yeah, our budget. And, and it's probably even faster than that. And, you know, it's like it's tough because I, I you know, I've owned two businesses. I'm the CEO of a business now. Um, you know, the people are what makes my company great and meaningful. But, you know, there's also times where we have bad productivity days or bad productivity weeks or months. And you just think to yourself, you know. My God, could 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 AI solve this? And you know, it's like, man, if you're like a copywriter right now, I know you're in deep shit. Yeah. You know, or if you're if you're applying for jobs and your resume says like, you know, words typed per minute or you know, like Google Office, like you're dead. That that that's over. You're, but that's you're also that's also a warning sign to people like like creators as well. Like, yeah, text is here, but video and images are right around the corner too. Like they're coming as well. Oh, oh yeah. I mean, you know, it's like. For me, I, I started a podcast, um, God, like two, three years ago for my industry that my company's in, and it like blew up. I think the only reason my podcast has done great is just because, you know, I let my personality come through, but, you know, they will figure out a way to let personalities come through um, while also automating shit. And then, yeah, we're all going to have to figure stuff out because, you know, life's easy if you're a really attractive girl on the internet. Otherwise, you got to really work for it. I have 100%. Uh, I can feel your. I can. I can feel what you said there. Just because you know, I post. I post all this educational content every day, and like, I always think to myself, like, dude, if one of these just hit 100,000 views on Instagram or something, just 100,000, you know, uh, things would change. So I definitely think that um, what you said there. I want to make note of that. Is we have to figure out how to differentiate ourselves. And that's what I think is is the key here. And I want to touch on a couple things. So I want to go back to what you said. Um, Let's go back to the marketing. And I want to talk about, I, I, you know, as part of what I stand for is growth tech. So I'm not just, I want to cover technology that grows brands. And I want to hear your thoughts on the current landscape of marketing and how to draw attention to yourself with what AI brings to the table. So you said that uh, you had an advertising company in Denver, correct? Yeah. So 
when you started off and, and you even mentioned paid ads were a, a primal focus. And I know that with AI, actually, the analytics tools actually for paid marketing, paid ads will be even better. But right now in 2023, yeah, with all these new tech trends, I guess if I'm a, let's say I'm building a product, I'm building a service-based business, whatever it may be, right? What are your, what is your advice, I guess, to going, going from zero to one? Well, A, you need to have a really good product. I mean, and I think it's it's weird. I'm going to, you know, I do this where I just say shit and it rubs people the wrong way. But, you know, it's funny, like, since becoming like a, a little a little douchey influencer guy on Twitter, like I've become, it's like, you know, the For You page gives me a lot of that stuff. You see these tweets that are like, you don't need a domain. You don't need a product. You just need to go. You just need to start. Man, shut the fuck up. Yeah. You have, obviously have to have a good product. I'm not just, I'm not following you for your inspiration. There's too many people who are like, don't take this the wrong way, everyone. I am supporting you all. I got your back. But don't be posting this. Six months of grinding, I finally hit $99 of MRR. Man, that is 99 bucks of MRR. That is not the dream. You are not selling the dream. Don't, don't tweet that you quit your job for 99 bucks a month. That's dumb. Build a real product and and really like just shut up about it and, and and make it great and then go out and promote it. So, you know, it's like my product, the thing that I did what was great. Um, I mean, I built a multi-million dollar business in in ARR, meaning like, you know, recurring revenue. Much, much harder than being just like I could go sell t-shirts on Etsy and sell one-offs. Yeah. But this is recurring revenue. And I did that by like creating a really, really nice product. And then I, I talked about it. I spoke at conferences, all the marketing. Like I never, ever minced my words. This is the best fucking thing in this industry. And by the way, number one, it really was. But number two, I never minced my words on that, that we were the absolute best. So I think like that was really important. So A, you had that. And then B, um, you know, the amount of content that I created from day one around the product, I wasn't just like, here's this thing. I'm going to toss it on product town. I hope you like it. It was like, no. I made it seem on day one, like we had been around for 10 years. And it was funny, like, here's a really good example of it that probably no one knows. The day I launched a company, I was speaking at a conference in Arizona. I had like 50 potential customers that I went out to this conference to speak at to get these customers. And everything I said, my team built, we've spent years. We believe, we believe. There wasn't even a we, it was just me. But all that mattered was the product spoke for itself. But hearing we, Versus me. A movement. Was, yeah. Can I touch on something you said that I, the, my opinion on why I think, I think there's something for everybody to learn off of what you just said. And because you, you mentioned it, you see all these people starting SaaS businesses, all these types of, of products. And cause SaaS is really hot right now, right? It's like, uh, all these e-commerce experts are, are thinking to themselves, like why continuously huh, find a way to store product and ship it when, Look at that. You could just sell subscription-based tech products. And, exactly. and you said something to me that caught my attention. It's kind of what I abide by right now is, yeah, I post content every day, but I'm building my product right now. And I, I really am focusing on the detail. I'm trying to move fast and not think too much because you have to find a medium. But I, yeah. I think you said something big and it's you need to stop bullshitting and develop a good product. No matter what you're doing, like even content, like take pride in your content. Take, But that just applies to everybody because you said when you were going up on stage – Oh, you said all these things about your product and you were so sure of yourself. And I just want people to know that that wasn't just like you pulling that out of your ass. That was something that was earned and built internally inside of you because you built, spent the time building the good product. If you hadn't, yeah. if you had the reason you were on stage saying those words with confidence, I think 
was because you went through the work, you went through the trenches. I don't think you would have had, I guess, the certainty. You might have been able to sell it still, but not to yeah. that level if you didn't go through the trenches to build that good product. I think that was that oh, confidence no. was built. And you know, I and so I ended up meeting with like you know, 15, 20 serious potential customers and almost all of them signed up. And I had a goal for like the first six months. This was like June 1st, 2016. I had a goal to have like 15 customers by the end of the year. Man, I had it by the end of the first day. And it was just 15? because- Yeah, because I was able to get off that stage, invite people to dinner and open up a laptop and say, let me show you this thing. And again, I wasn't showing them a product that literally launched that day built by just me, you know, for, you know, for six months straight. It was, again- Hey, we have been, you know, if anyone's ever seen the movie, uh, oh man, Wolf of Wall Street, like yeah. one of my favorite movies ever, you know, when, when Jordan Belfort, Leo, Leo's like training them, he's like, you know, we have an integrated system. This is the future of this. Like it was sort of like that, but at least I wasn't bullshitting selling penny stocks on the phone. It was like, Hey, this is really cool. You're going to love it. So, so yeah, but I mean, I, I was at least had something there where at the end of the day, even if someone knew their shit. Um, they were going to look and be like, yeah, this is really good. So it always just comes down to that. Like, I'm, I'm just not a bullshitter person. Now I'm a, I'm a loud mouth and I'm really extroverted, but I, I always make sure I'm in a position to like back up whatever I say. So I'll, I'll make some outland, outlandish comments and things, but I'll, I'll be ready to back it up every time. I can 1000% relate with you. I, I feel like, uh, you know, I just, I'm, I'm kind of saying the same way. I don't really have time. I don't like to bullshit either. I'd rather you know, just give it to me straight and, and vice versa. And I want to say one more thing is um, from where you are right now in your career to where you were when you first started, do you feel like the focus on paid advertisements um, has increased or decreased? Uh, well, I think it's different now. I think back then it was sort of like a luxury and, you know, you kind of did it as a luxury. Now it's like you almost have to do it just because like the whole world's doing it. Plus, like back then it was hard. You know, you had to be a really good expert or have a, an expert in your corner. Now, like any goober can go get a Google Ads account. And that doesn't mean they're going to do it well, but they can still find their way onto the They can learn certain... in months. Yeah, well, they can learn and they can still like, you know, even if they're not doing it great, they can still increase my cost per click just by competing by accidentally getting some of the keywords that we're going after, right? They might not be targeting like I am. So yeah, I mean, I think it's important. Um, I, I'm, it's funny though. I'm not as big on like direct Google ads paid. I mean, I listen for our customers at my company now, it's amazing. But again, they're B2C for B2B. I don't love, I don't yeah. love the like, you know, direct Google ads. I'm more of a make fucking amazing content, have a crazy amount of retargeting ads push that content out, promote that content to people that should be reading it, drive them to your site, drop pixels, and then serve ads everywhere. So that's kind of how I see B2B. I think B2C, you absolutely need Google ads. You need Facebook and Instagram ads. The other problem you're going to run into though is like, you know, I, I, I don't think you should do ads if you're going to spend like 15 bucks a day. You either, you either go all in. I mean, I literally, yeah. here's a good example. Started a fucking beehive newsletter because all the cool kids are doing it about yeah. AI. Um, and like, I, Wait, why Beehive? Want... Why'd you choose? Why'd you choose Beehive? Well, well, it was like Substack, ConvertKit, or Beehive. Um, I, I was introduced from an investor friend to one of like the top investors in Beehive. Uh, then I put out a tweet. I like tagged all three, and I'm like, I've been thinking about this. Who, who's, who's gonna reach out to me? Man, those Beehive dudes were all up in my shit. I yeah. was doing calls with them. Like they were, they were all over. That's me. a good I'm, team. That's a good team. 
And you know what I always say? Like, again, I have, you know, 40-something thousand followers. Honestly, it used to be, like, 60. I think, like, me... Well, I think they got rid of a lot of bots, too. But anyway, um, you know, it's, like, 40-something thousand followers. They're, like, probably, like, yeah, this dude's got 40-something thousand followers on Twitter. You know, in the high 20s, thousands on LinkedIn. Like, let's go get this motherfucker. You know, and that's... And, like, that's what I want in my company. You know, when people are in these Facebook groups, like, oh, who should we use to grow our business? Who's the best SaaS company in veterinary medicine for this or that? I'm, like... We better be there to answer that fast. Um, and it's always worked for us. So, yeah. So, I, I like Facebook the Facebook groups. Facebook groups. Yeah. I use Facebook Reels, but now I'm going to reshare them into all my groups. I didn't know. Yeah. Facebook groups are interesting. They're like on, on one day they'll be good. And then the next day there'll be a debate about like some Supreme Court thing. And it'll it'll be like, you know, chaos. I was going to say, I kind of, um, for me, my thoughts on the, the marketing landscape is these platforms they're making the barrier for entry for attention. I think everybody's starting to kind of like the world's revolting saying, Hey, you need to make the barrier for entry for attention easier. I think TikTok yeah. was the first like poor man, social media, uh, uh, platform where you could literally gain. Like for me, I have, I don't think I deserve my 77,000 followers on TikTok. I don't think I've, I've built my contents at that level yet, but that it's like a gambling machine. So I think that these platforms are slowly saying, okay, we'll give every, we're going to turn it from, we're going to tailor it from users from, we're allowing people to use our platform to creators. So to yeah. create on our platform. And I think that they're allowing people as you, I think you said something very smart. Uh, you start off with content creation or aggress an aggressive organic campaign. You see what works yeah. and you put retar retargeting ads on what works. I, I'm very much of the same uh, strategy. But for me, the way I view this is I've, I wanted to ask is now with all these AI tools, the way I see this is content creation is coming, becoming more generic and more easy for everybody to do. I think that the way that this is going, as, as we said earlier in this conversation, is you have to separate yourself when you're creating this content. So I guess my question to you to start off this whole AI content talk is when yeah. it comes to creating content as a marketer, someone who's been in this game since 2015, when you started your, your business, how, how do you, whether it's through paid ads, organic content, forget that. How do you separate yourself as a brand from your competitors? How do you, you have to bring in an element of authenticity. What is it? Well, I, I think there's, I mean, most shit on the website is, or on the internet is, is almost kind of what you get stock out of chat GPT now, right? Yeah. It's sort of like, everyone says the same thing. One of the things I always talk to my marketing team about is like, you know, if someone says, what's the recipe to make a really good tuna fish sandwich? Well, guess what? It's not going to change. I could go look at a hundred recipes. The fact of the matter is like, everyone's going to kind of share the same shit. You got to do two things. One is you got to have social proof and, you know, which is like, you know, case studies, data, things like that. And two, you have to add your personality behind it. So, you know, what's interesting for us is I, I think that. there's like, this like really bad view of chat GPT, no shit. And, I, and I'm not going to tell the world which ones, but I think in my company, we have eight to 10 um, blog posts or landing pages that are ranked number one on Google today that were basically written by ChatGPT. Now I say basically written because there's there's a big part of that. Listen, if we're going to write about SEO, organic versus local SEO, guess what? There's not 50 different ways to do it. There's about one or two ways to do it. Now, we go to ChatGPT, we have like a mega chain prompt and we've built like our own custom prompts that we feel great about that includes our brand voice and includes previous works that we've written that 
do rank number one on Google, and we also give it data. So we're not, so we're giving it our data, our voice, our information, and having it spit out this like amazing stuff, and then. On top of that, I still have a team that goes in and and massages it, cleans it up, looks at keyword density, you know, tone of voice, internal links, you know, header tags. We we still have to have a site that's you know amazing, which we do that for a living, so we should. We still have to have great security. <laughs> We still have to have a site that loads fast. So, you know, I hope everyone out there is not like, well, if I give chat GPT some data and should I'll rank number one, you might, but you know, not in my industry, you won't, cause we're going to kick your ass. But the fact of the matter is like, we're still putting our own data into it. So that's not data that can be found online. So it does still differentiate it. Um, but you know, if you're, if I'm writing a paragraph, I mean, I think this is what's great. If I was going to tell everyone here, you know, the difference between local SEO and organic SEO for a B2B brand is blank. Well, guess what? The difference between those things, it, it just is meaning me and someone else, we might see it differently, but like the correct way just is the correct way that Google manages that it just is. So Chad GPT is going to give me what it is. Now we can massage it, but since we've asked it to write in our voice and since we've asked to write it for, from our brand and we, since we've asked it to write in our data, what it spits out is 94% of the way there. And then I have 6% of it, which is, you know, the, we have a 50 point SEO checklist that is like foolproof that works every time. Uh, but like we had a, we had a big customer of ours say, you know, we, we ran this through a page and we're concerned because it's, it says it was written by AI and we're like, yeah, it's ranked number one. Um, and they were like, but isn't that cheating? No, listen, wait, when wait, I go a customer get... found you doing this. Yeah. And was like upset. And I'll tell you something. If I go tonight, if I go out to dinner and, and I order food and I, and they bring it out to me and I'm like, oh my God, this is amazing. I love it. And then they're you know, they like whip back the thing and they're like, surprise, a robot did it. I'm not going to be like, oh, this, this is terrible. Is yeah. be like, fuck, that's even cooler. Yeah. Nice. That means there's no hair in it. Perfect. <laughs> that's funny. That's really funny. So, just because uh, I just want to say um, the way you said that, it seems that wouldn't you say though, like, aren't you having a, a, I'm laughing at this, but aren't you having a hard time? I guess, convincing others of this. Well, yeah, but that, you know, I'm sure at, at some point there, it was hard to convince others of a million yeah. different things, you know, life changes. I mean, we had segregated schools like 50 yeah. years ago because this is a stupid country. So, you know, it's like, we've had these issues for so long that you know, you're going to have to convince people. And, you know, it's like, I have family members who in retail, man, they don't even, and I, and I warn them daily. Your the clock is ticking on your career. I hope you figure that out. I mean, I really do. And and you know, it's like even in you know the industry that I serve as a veterinary industry. You know, I gotta tell you, they don't even know what's coming their way either. Even though I've been shot from the rooftops there. Now, luckily, my Vet, company we're the veterinary like animal doctors. Yeah. What what's coming? If I may ask, dude, like they're so they compete right now with like each other on the local level. Yeah, Las Vegas. I have uh, I have quite a few customers in Las Vegas, all spaced out from each other. Guess what? Las Vegas is really small. Yeah. 
That's where yeah. you live. That's where I was born and raised. There's like 50 veterinary clinics there. There's like not even enough dogs there to support that. So not right now you got the local clinics who have to compete with each other. And then beyond that, they have to compete with like the VCAs and Banfields and PetSmarts and yada, oh, yeah. yada. And then beyond that, they're, they're going to have to, you know, do the people who do telemedicine and online medicine. And now we're going to have apps, which I just met a guy who built one on Twitter. It's like petvet.ai who no code builds an app where you can put your pet symptoms in and like get an answer on what's going on. Now, is it perfect? No. Can it heal your dog? No, but people are cheap and they're going to go to it. So, you know, it's like one of those things where, you know, even at the, you know, even like human healthcare, I think, you know, at what, at what point are we going to have an app? Look how powerful everything is where I can, you know, drop, put a drop of blood into my, you know, something that connects to my phone. It's like, dude, you might have diabetes. Like it's going to happen. So yeah, I think I think the world is um, in for a big shock really soon, which is weird. And I guess it's a, a very good uh, transition into, I guess, like the main things I wanted to talk about. And I agree with you. And I, I want to, before I even get there, I, I don't even know how to start this off because I want to uh, tackle a couple big topics. So I want to transition from the marketing because you, you, we keep talking about Google. And I guess with the topic of chat GPT, uh, and Microsoft owning 10% or not 10, but way more than 10. I think they own 51%. I don't know how much they own. I think they own 51% of OpenAI at this point. Um, but what do you see as a marketer, right? As a paid ads marketer, how are you viewing? It seems like there's a possible chance Bing can acquire over 20% of the search engine market before the end of this year or at least 2024. But that hasn't been done in 20 years. So that's like a really bold statement. Do you feel, let's say, Chat GP, let's say Chat OpenAI and Microsoft just really compete with Google, as the, their CEO said, they make Google dance. How, as a yeah. marketer, are you going to now be so? Are you going to start focusing? I'm assuming you are going to start focusing on paid ads on Bing. Like, what's your mindset about that? Well, I mean, I can tell you right now, like the total traffic, I mean, we manage a few thousand websites. I would say the total traffic that comes from Bing is like 2%. <laughs> so it's still hard to like take it seriously. Um, maybe you could get in today and get it kind of cheap for the short term, but yeah, I mean, I think there's some, you know, there's going to be opportunity everywhere. I mean, again, I, I think the issue with like Google and Facebook, it's like, I remember when Facebook came and, you know, MySpace was around and Facebook was, it just like smoked them. Like yeah. they didn't like, I always, I always tell people like, <laughs> it felt like MySpace was driving without a rear view mirror. Like, how do they not see that coming? And like, it just ended them. They had, um, you know, I, Snapchat's I, not even dead yet. When Instagram took their story, Snapchat's actually continued to evolve. You made a good point. Facebook washed them down the drain. Yeah. Yeah. It was like over. I mean, it was like so quick. I mean, I, I, I you know, I clearly I have a little bit of an ego, but like that, that, you know, that, <laughs> I did that to my industry too in veterinary medicine. Like I had people that were building these like old HTML websites for, you know, for these vets who, you know, make five to 10 million a year in revenue. And all of a sudden we showed up and for a couple hundred bucks a month, it was like, we'll change your fucking life. We'll change your business for not a lot of money. And, and we exploded because of that. So, you know, I, uh, I, th I think there's going to be a lot more ad networks and, you know, it's like TikTok, you know, has just absolutely come on and crushed it. And I feel like there's untapped, you know, I, I really hope it doesn't get banned. If it gets banned, this country, Dude, I'm, bro, I have, I don't even want to, I don't give a shit about my platform because I'll, I'll make it up. I'm a creator. I'll get another platform somewhere. Yeah. But it's just like you said, 150 million Americans, I think are on TikTok to over 50 million small businesses. It's, yeah. I think it might be one of the worst moves. I think it might, I, this sounds, 
again, I don't want to, we're very, we're still the most powerful country in the world. I really believe that. But like, you look at the moves, this is what I was going to, I guess, lead this into is with all these tech trends, I, I really look at our country and then I look at China, they're making moves. They're making moves across the world. They are trying to take advantage of all these trends. So I guess that's, that's kind of where I'm at too, is you said earlier, you said this quote unquote, you just said people are in for, are going to be in for a loop very soon. And I'm yeah. I'm curious, what, what can you go in a little bit more in depth on, on what do you mean by that? Uh, this is where I was getting in trouble. Um, but I'll just say it like this: like, well, let me ask you a question on your podcast. I asked, I I, I have a podcast. I was on an investing podcast. I asked this question: yeah. in your opinion? And I never come out of this looking good. But I also think like the people that hear me say it also kind of get it. So, in your opinion. What percentage of humans are like above average, really top notch, like smart, critical thinkers? Above, not so not average, above average. Oh, I mean, like, you know, like top tier, like, wow, that motherfucker is smart. They know how to hustle and grind. Yeah, you said 1%? Three, three to one. Dude, okay, so we're on the same page. Most people feel, because I always say it's like one to three. So I'm glad we're on the same page here. Most people come to me and they're like 10. I'm like, it's not 10. No shot. I'm sorry. It's not fucking 10. <laughs> because that's why they call the really rich people the 1%. They don't call them the 10%. They don't call them the 8% or even the 5%. It's the 1%. Now, I'm never going to be a billionaire because I, I, I don't want to do that. I, I can go retire right now and go live my life and enjoy it and build robots and be Tony Stark in my garage and be happy about it. <laughs> Same. So, but like, yeah, so I'm like, I'm whatever on that. But I, I guess what I'm saying by that is like, you know, look, it's, it's really easy. And a lot of people on Twitter and other social media platforms will say shit like, well, yeah, AI is going to. Um, it's going to replace a lot of jobs, but it's also going to create a lot of jobs too. Well, yeah. And don't take this the wrong way. Like I don't judge anyone. I have my whole family's in retail. I'm kind of an outlier for, for the stuff that I've been able to build just because I love tech, but like, you know, for most of the people that are, you know, working at McDonald's, Hey, there's nothing wrong with that. It's, it's, it's not a bad job. Everyone needs a job. Yeah. Everyone needs a career. That's okay. But like, they're not just going to wake up tomorrow and be like, cool. Now I'm training AIs and LLMs on how to be smarter and run businesses. Like that's not going to happen. So I don't know today where those people are going to go. Like, I don't know what happened to all the cobblers, all the cobblers. I don't know where all the blacksmiths went. I'm sure some figured it out and I'm sure oh, wow, that's a, a very good it. point. Yeah. That is a very good point. Where did they go? Yeah, you know, all the horse and buggy riders when, when you know, Ford put yeah. out their first car, I'm sure they were like, this isn't shit, we're fine. Nope, now you're gone. Even taxi drivers, right? Taxi drivers had it made in the shade. Uber comes around. It hurt their, it yeah. hurt their pockets. It may not have put them out of business, but I guarantee you money. Hell yeah, it hurt their pockets. They be, half of them became yeah. Uber drivers. <laughs> exactly. So, I mean, I think, I think that's the thing. But, like, again... Not that there's anything wrong with that, but that's driving a car. But when we're talking about like, you know, you want to make real money and you want to live in like nice places, you want to do nice things, you got to go, you got to go make real money. And, you know, if you're like, well, you know, Miso Robotics came into the Taco Bell I worked at and, you know, now Flippy's making the tacos and I'm not going to do it anymore. That's cool. But I don't think you just leave that and you're like, cool. Well, you know, I, I joined this company as a prompt writer. I make 200,000 a year making cool shit mid journey. Like you just don't make that jump. So that's kind of what I'm worried about. It's like, you know, I, uh, like my wife and I, I'm just like, I'm, I'm sort of like, 
Larry David, Jerry Seinfeld. Like I just kind of like walk around the world. I'm like, what the fuck is with that? What's with that? But like my wife, <laughs> the other day, we live in we live in Newport Beach, California. We go to Fashion Island, which is a really nice mall. We walk into uh, Bloomingdale's because my wife wanted to look at something. I mean, I swear to God, there was like this is a gigantic, beautiful Bloomingdale's. There's like six employees there. They all like no one was even looking. They're like literally sitting in chairs on their phone, like not even paying attention. I'm like. Yeah, trust me, they'd probably be better off having like one or two robot or human security guards yeah. and just a fucking hologram when you walk in. It's like, what can I show you, Elizabeth and Adam, and just show us what we want. You know, and I want to say something. You touched on something very important. You said that when, because I heard uh, even Andrew Yang uh, said this is like, guys, a lot of people around you might not notice what's going on, but let me explain. He said this is going to be an overnight thing. This is going to like a blink of an instant. You're going to wake up and boom, shit hits the fan. But one thing yeah. you said is people that work at McDonald's, they're not just going to wake up when shit hits the fan and say, oh, I lost my job at McDonald's. I'm transitioning to mid-journey. I think yep. you. the one thing I wanted to ask you about is what my theory on this is the, the problem isn't just the, I guess, transitioning from McDonald's to mid-journey. It's training the habits that are ingrained in your head that landed you in McDonald's to change those yeah. habits to, I guess, elevate yourself. That's the part where I, I, when shit hits the fan, I just don't think these people have the attention spans or the mental capabilities to grab onto these new trends. That's where I, I, I'm a little bit nervous for that. No, I mean, I'm with you. And again, it's like, I don't want to sit here and be like, you know, people that work at McDonald's and Starbucks don't matter. Listen, if you're watching this, you matter. I'm just saying, look, there's different roles in this world. That role is a really easy role. You know, it's like even in my company, I've got a great team of leaders and executives and I have entry level roles. And when people in those entry level roles don't do their job well, I typically don't have a lot of patience for it because I'm like, this is the easiest thing we do here. So if you can't do it, then you, can, you can't do it. And that's okay, but you can't do it here. One of the things I just watched, did you see the, um, there was like the co congressional testimony of Schultz, the yeah. founder, CEO of starbucks and he was like you know he snapped back at bernie sanders saying oh no. you know, i'm you know this billionaire thing he's like you know you guys sit there and call me i'm a billionaire oh like yeah it's I a did. bad thing i did i did I and, did. and i really agreed with him and you know listen does everyone make a billion dollars the right way fuck no i mean i don't even have it in me to become a billionaire because like i i don't want to be i mean i've i've exited my company i've made a lot of money i feel, I feel good. like you do adam i, go, I feel like you, your ego could if you no, focused well, on it I, your ego could take you there well, maybe, but I also think like, I think you'd have to be, what's funny is I come off like such an asshole sometimes, <laughs> but I, just, I don't think I have like that gear of like really, like truly not giving yeah. a fuck about human welfare to get to that next step. But on the flip side of that, you know, I, I think, and this is like a really unpopular opinion, like, you know, this clip will go viral and you know, your, your podcast will be great, but of course I'll be featured on fucking anti-work Reddit <laughs> all day. And it's like, you know, it's like, you know, when if you're Bernie Sanders, and you want in your, you know, Senator Warren, and by the way, for the record, I'm not, I'm right down the yep, all the way. Of course, so, we have to preface by yeah. that. Of course. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, <laughs> that, God forbid I say anything about those yeah, two. Yeah, you know, right all of a sudden I'm a MAGA. Yep. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and I'm definitely the opposite of whatever these fucking MAGA weirdos yeah, yeah. are. But <laughs> the fact of the matter is like, you know, if you want to go fight to the death and make it so someone who hands me coffee makes $20, $25 an hour, then guess what? robots are going to do it. And, and that's one of the consequences. You're saying, hold I'm on, you just said that from a perspective of a founder. Okay. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Like I want, I, I would see that and I would just say, 
okay, you know, at, at the Starbucks by my house, I'll walk in. Some days there's like seven people working. And and, and that's even when there's like no rush. And there's rushes and there's non-rushes. We're in, you know, we're in Southern California. We're by the beach. There's people visiting. People go to Starbucks. But, um, you know, I would just do the quick math. There's seven people here. How much am I paying per hour? And and how many drinks can you make? And then, oh, you know, you have insurance and, and yada, yada. Again, you want to have people. But I'm just saying, like, if they get to a point where, you know, the pay for jobs like that get too high it's not sustainable like or or it yeah will you're be right like, guess what your starbucks and again like so many people will hate to hear that i don't think they should make six dollars an hour like i don't think they should make eight dollars an hour and to be honest my opinion of what a starbucks worker makes shouldn't fucking matter because i don't even know the economics behind it but all i'm saying is if we continually say that the minimum wage in new hampshire should be 24 dollars yeah. an hour and I own a little mom and pop grocery store. I can't pay Billy from down the street to bag your groceries because I can't give this motherfucker, you know, two hundred dollars a day. You know, not counting his insurance and other wow. shit. I can't pay this guy two hundred fifty dollars a day to bag your groceries. So I bought this robot who's going to pay for himself in ten years, and he'll bag all the groceries for the next ten years, and and you won't even have to talk to him. So you know, that's kind of like my unpopular opinion is like. You know, what will happen? You know, and you've seen these like autonomous Taco Bells, the autonomous McDonald's. Fully autonomous? Um, no, they have one like up or. I saw, the, I saw like the fully autonomous one. There might be someone working upstairs. But, you know, like I was just at, what was I at? I was at the Nashville airport and I walked by um, a McDonald's. It was really interesting. There was like 10 screens to order on and one like human sitting there taking orders. And I'm just thinking to myself, like, yeah, he, that one dude's probably looking left and being like, oh, fuck. And you go to the bank. Yeah, I, I go to bank at Chase Bank. The Chase Bank by me it used to have like 10 windows for tellers. Now it's like 10 self-serve ATMs inside and one window for people. And like, how long until they're even with that person? I was like, get the Two fuck years. No one you think so? Yeah. Not even. You don't owe, you, you think it'll, it'll be fast. Wow. So... Yeah. I, and I, I think something we both agree on very deeply is it sounds to me, let me know, it sounds to me like your a, a big thesis on the individual is that they should focus when they start picking out a career path, whatever path they're on. It sounds to me like you're advocating, you're saying an individual should focus on a harder path, a harder to replicate path. That way they can end up at a higher end job, not at an entry level job or a higher end business. You can develop a higher end product. That way you can, I guess, survive this AI automation wave. Do you do, would you say that's logical? Listen, you know, I grew up um, badly abused, had a rough life, you know, graduated high school with honors, got myself a scholarship, graduated, did a great job, got a dual degree. Like I did all the hard things myself and I made the decision back then, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to go learn. So I learned to code. I learned graphic design. I learned marketing. I learned websites. I learned SEO. And by the way, like everything I learned at UNLV, no events. Yeah. UNLV, from, yeah. UNLV. Same here. <laughs> you yes. Go there? Yeah. This All is right, awesome. Well, and you, so did my wife. But anyway, <laughs> you know, everything I learned as a running rebel, bullshit. Yeah. None of it. Fucking well, come matters. on. Yeah. You know, yeah, um, that's true. I had to, I, I taught, I was kind of self-taught. Listen, like I've built two multi-million dollar businesses based on like watching fucking YouTube videos and typing up notes and learning myself. So, you know, it doesn't mean you have to be, you don't have to come from a big, rich background. I didn't, you have to come from supportive parents. I certainly had issues there too. It's like, all you have to do is just go want it more and, and go learn shit. I mean, that's, what's so interesting. Even me, 
you know, like lately with AI, I'm not some AI expert, yeah, but man, if I haven't built out my whole fucking life around it in the last couple months, cause I just spent the time learning it. So, uh, but again, you know, I, and I say this like crazy respectfully, if you're out there and you're like, Hey, you know, fuck you for all the things you're saying about McDonald's. Like it's not a bad job, but I'm just saying, like, if you're sitting there, you know, working at McDonald's, not happy with your pay, not happy with your life. Like, you know, my guess is if you got time to post on Instagram, you got time to go watch a video on YouTube and learn to code. You got time to learn, go learn some no code skills and you can figure it out. And you just got to put your own spin on it. The nice thing is we're all different. So I think everyone wants to be everyone else. I never wanted to be anyone else. I had a, really uh riveting back and forth with the head of my hr team today on just how differently i see things and she made a comment to me you're the only person at this company that sees it this way and you know i think most people would be like hurt by that and i got off the call i'm like man thank god i don't want to see this shit like everyone else sees it because i don't like it and i, I just want to say i very much I, I agree with you i love that what you just said too although in my young experience i'm very, i'm still a little bit younger i do find when i'm i like i don't get off those calls thinking like Wow, I'm so different. I mean, I get off those calls thinking, bro, I think I have it. Why is nobody listening to me? Like, what am I missing here? Like, I guess I get frustrated sometimes. But I I, I definitely wanted to uh, to go back to a couple things you said. So I want to start off on uh, – you said something very interesting. You never wanted to be someone else. I think everybody should, I guess, adopt uh, adopt a sense of individuality going forward with what's coming. But you said that early on. You decided to do um, all the hard stuff yourself. You decided to code. You decided to do graphic design. I guess I want to touch really quickly mentally on it because uh, you also said earlier you have a little bit of an ego. So I guess I want to put these together. Just a, a, a quick clip here. What, I guess, why are you like that? What drives that? You know, I, I thought about the life I wanted to live and I went and built it. And I know that's on like, you know, every little motivational poster, but you know, I, I grew up in Las Vegas. It wasn't some spectacular life. Yeah. And then I, you know, moved to Denver. I met my wife in Denver and you know, I, when I grew up in Vegas, I said, man, I want to have a hot wife check. I want to live in Southern California, right by the beach check. I want to have awesome dogs check. And, and I want to have money in the bank and not worry about shit check. And you know, it's like the, you see that like graphic online. It's like, here's the, you know, here's the iceberg. And it's like, here's what you see. And here's everything you don't see. My, what you don't see is fucking giant and, and harsh and covered in spikes. And, you know, and it's so funny to me. It's like my life. I, I don't live this like glamorous. Like, yeah, I live a couple blocks from the beach and I have a, a hot That's wife. That's a good life, man. That's a great life. And I, and I have, <laughs> and I own a company and life's good, but also, um, you know, what I had to do to get that, the sacrifices I made physically, mentally, what I've even had to put my wife through um, to, can to get us here. Can you go a little bit on, I mean, can you touch I, on that a bit? Just, I, I want to relate to that. So I'm assuming yeah. like the, your ambition sometimes was a, a, a double-edged sword to the people around you is what you're saying? Oh, it's, dude, I imagine living with me is I know, harsh. man. I, I mean, I work, <laughs> I, sleep, I sleep three, four hours. I'm constantly stressed. I mean, you know, the nice thing is I have an amazing supportive wife um, and I have a great family that supports me and close friends. And, you know, and I found and it took a long time to figure out how to separate that. And I, you know, I got my two dogs that are snoring behind me. And, you know, in the middle of the day, I can walk out the front door that's right behind me and go down to the beach and, and live a good life. And like, that's cool. But, you know, everyone sees that everyone sort of sees the bullshit Instagram life and things like that's my life. Well, no, I mean, even yesterday on, you know, yesterday, I literally probably worked 16 hours. I'm the fucking CEO and I'm doing and I'm doing bullshit work just to make sure my company stays going strong because I care 
care that much. So, you know, no one hears about that part of the business. Everyone just hears about, you know, and it's funny too. It's like you see Elon and Jeff Bezos, you see them like, you know, you see the story on Jeff Bezos and here he's in his garage selling books. And you see him today and he's mega rich. You probably, if you, if you go watch, if it was like the Truman show and you could watch those first 10 years, you'd probably be bored. And you'd probably say this fucking guy sucks. You'd um, probably think like, pro- you'd probably imagine yourself in that lifestyle as like a horror movie. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, it's funny when I talk about thinking about these companies and what it took to build them, it's all it's in my head. It's almost like a sequence from the movie saw, you know, where it's like, there's all thinking and there's like crazy music. There's fucking clowns. It's like, it's sort of like that. It's like, it's, you know, I, I tell this to everyone. I have a lot of people that reach out to me and they're like, I don't want to go have a job. I want to do what you did. And I always tell them, don't yeah, do what dude, I Dude, I've been saying that recently. It, <laughs> yeah. It's just like, it's not as easy as you think it is. Not everyone's built for it. Um, and I'm not saying I'm like crazy special, you know, the jokes about me having an ego are just funny because that's like the, the running theme at my company is just like, I've got a big ego, but it's not even, I think people mistake being extroverted and like, thinking highly of things as having an ego. So I've kind of taken on the ego when all I really do is say my company is the best fucking company on earth and I'll die on that hill. And anyone who doesn't say that, fuck them. I wouldn't even want to work with them. You know, and when I do want to work with people, I'm like, how do you compare to this company? Like, well, they're bigger than us. So, but we're, we're making our way. You know, you know, you asked me, why did I sign up my newsletter on Beehive compared to the others? Not only was it about me sending out a tweet and having these guys like jump all over my shit, I was like, well, what about Substack, man? It seems nice. What about ConvertKit? They didn't even fucking take a breath. They were like, oh my God, we smoked them. We're so much better. This is what we're building. We love what we do. They're not, you know, they might be bigger today, but we're newer and we're coming for the throne. And I was like, man, I love you guys. Yeah, I might switch over to Beehive after hearing this. I want to, I want to say a couple (laughs) things that, that, that you touched on a little bit earlier. You said, so, first of all, you said that um, – I want to say something about what you said about McDonald's because I think you were being – you were trying to be nice. But I think deep down we both agree <laughs> that having a job at McDonald's, you know, is a bad job. I got, I'll, take the, I'll take the heat. I'll be on, on the bad side of – I'll be the villain here is not necessarily – I'm not – no one's, you know, coming at people's work ethic here or, or the hours they put in every day. We respect that. It's more so the fact that you have a mother that loves you probably or a father, or a friend, a sister, a brother, that if you were rich, or not rich, I'm not, whatever, if you were well off, if you were above average, if you had good finance, a good financial situation, you could take care of that person. So my own, my own, I I see like, I kind of am with you. I'm noticing, like, um, I make content on AI on Instagram. Some people take it a little bit uh, too personally. They're like, no way, AI is not automating every job. Not every single job you'll need to prompt on. You'll still be able to do blue collar work. And- you know, mm-hmm. I know, I know, I know. I don't know. I'm not going to make any, you know, <laughs> like, but I, I realized that, like, I think the problem is, is people need to really, I guess, I don't think there is a fix. I don't, I really think genetically from ages zero to 10 to 16 is how your, it forms your behavior, it forms your pattern. I really don't think someone, as you said, can just suddenly decide, you know what? I'm tech savvy. <laughs> I'm going to start learning mid journey, all these. So I guess for me is, do you, Adam, do you feel like, do you really feel deep down inside that having a job at McDonald's, and I know you're being nice and you're being empathetic, but do, don't you feel like people can, can really strive for just a little bit better than McDonald's? Well, no, wow. 
And and here's why. Well, and I'll say this. It's like it, again, I keep I keep going back to this. I just not everyone's meant for more than that. And and that's okay. You know, we can't you listen. I'm a diehard Lakers fan. I'm, but beyond that, I'm like the world's largest LeBron James fan. I talked about my love for LeBron James. Big game tonight. In my Big wedding. game tonight. Sorry. Dude, trust me. Huge game tonight. And it's my wife's birthday and we're going out <laughs> to dinner. I'll, I'll figure that struggle out later. But, um, you know, it's like when LeBron James is on your team. And and, and even recently, I've seen so many ex-teammates come out and kind of talk yeah, shit Mario about Mario Thomas. Yeah, and I'm just like. Listen, Mario, you got to make a lot of money. Sorry, there's one LeBron James. LeBron James, just it, you know, sort of what I was saying earlier. He is, <laughs> you know, there's no choice about it. He exists in his way. He is what he is. If you want to play on LeBron James' team, sorry, he's the star. You're going to have to deal with it. And if you want to be lifted up, you should go play with him. If you're going to have issues with that. Also, then, I just want to make a point oh, to say that uh, LeBron James actually passed Mario Chalmers the ball multiple times in the final seconds of like, he wouldn't, he wasn't the Kobe Bryant that just take, he would actually look for Mario. Oh, yeah, I know. Right. Well, 90% of people watching are saying who the fuck yeah. is Mario Chalmers? <laughs> Where, you know, but you know, again, I, I think the problem is like there, there has to be great and there has to be bad. And there, you know, there, there can't be, you know, a sunshiny day isn't great if, if you haven't experienced rain. So I guess the fact of the matter is like, we live in a society where everyone has a purpose. And, and, you know, if you work at McDonald's, I, listen, no one on earth wants the people around them. I have multiple people in my life that are close to me, friends and family, multiple that um, piss me off almost daily <laughs> with their lack of like wanting more in their life. And in and, and nothing on earth. How do you deal with crazy that? Than someone... No, it's not good. I mean, it's really not good. No one on earth gets more pissed at someone who says, I'm going to do this and they don't do it. Just shut the fuck up and do it. Don't talk about it. And I say that to them. I'm like, don't even talk to me about it. I don't want to hear it. Because if you're not going to do it, don't fucking do it. And I'm not going to sit here and help you like live in fantasy land. If you want me to help you, I'll help you. But only if you're going to do it for real. So, you know, I think the fact of the matter, these are smart people, by the way. So, you know, society has to have great and they have to have every single step in the middle. And it's a weird reality. It's like, I think about that a lot. I'm like, okay, hey, I'm a white dude who was born in America. Now, I didn't have like the greatest childhood and i wasn't like born into money and i and i you know i had some abuse in my early days but you know i figured it out but i'm also hey i'm a white guy in america and we can all act like that's not an advantage yeah. but it's probably a of course an advantage but like you know what if you were born in what if you were born into like a poor village in morocco you know i would hope that person can get out of there but you're not going to and, and i think for i think the problem in this country is you, you have so many people who yeah, I mean, how many people are born into, like, blue-collar families who just never got educated? And it's just, like, they're probably just not, they don't have the DNA, they don't have the surroundings, they're just not going to get there. You know, I had a, an incredibly abusive parent. Um, I would say the only thing that I got lucky about with this piece of shit is that he was a very, very, very smart piece of shit. And he passed something on to me where I was able to think a little differently. <laughs> At least I was able to. And if you're watching, thank you. Um, That's funny. <laughs> I haven't talked to you in like 20 years, but I hate you still. Um, just kidding. Yeah, there's but some I, I think I the fact really that really But there, there must be the lowest sense of admiration deep, deep down inside because you just said you recognize this person as being intelligent, right? Okay. Well, there's no admiration, but I at least I at least can say he okay. was a very smart motherfucker. But, 
But I will just say, anyway, like, long story short, as weird as this sounds, like, you know, there have to be people that drive the Bentleys, and there have to be people that build the Bentleys and deliver the Bentleys, and there has to be everything in between. And that's a weird way of thinking of things, but, like, the whole world can't be rich because then rich doesn't exist. Rich is not a thing if everyone's rich. You know, having, you know, being fit is not being fit if everyone is fit. So my question on this is because I 100% agree. How... I want to just, I guess I have two questions left in this interview, but this one's very important. How does someone, how does someone position themselves? I guess, what advice would you have to anybody listening on how to be on the right side of the equation on what you just said? Cause it well, sounds, it sounds yeah, and, like and, you, what you're saying, and I'm, I agree with you. This is the morbid fact about this is it's out of your control a bit. It's how you were raised. It's the environment you were raised in. Well, I mean, it's it's funny. My wife and I, I'm, I'm a big yeah. sports fan. So my, my wife's mother and whole family went to OU. So for anyone out there that knows Baker Mayfield, <laughs> we used to go watch Baker Mayfield when he played at OU and we were fans. And, you know, and, and like in his career hasn't been wonderful. He came to my Rams and had a good game on my He's birthday. He's a good quarterback. He's a good quarterback. Three. Yeah, he's a good quarterback. But I guess like my thought was like, he ended up on the Browns, a horrible team, you know, a bad organization. And but what happens if he gets drafted by the Patriots? What happens if he gets drafted by the Chiefs? You know, it's like, is Patrick Mahomes Patrick Mahomes because he's Patrick Mahomes? Or is he holy shit? He landed with Andy Reid and Tyreek Hill and landed on these things. So there's probably oh, a little yeah. bit of both. I think yeah, there's and, and for most people, um, and listen, I've, I've had hundreds of employees at my companies. I've seen it all. There, there are A players, there are B players, there are C players, and then there's D's and F's. And the D's and F's, um, they're probably just, they're not, they're never going to be anything. And that's, and that just is what it is. You know, can a B become a, can a C become a B? Yeah. Can a B become an A? Yeah. I mean, I, I tweet about that a lot about how, like, you know, I, I, in my career, I've been able to make some B's, A's, yeah, I saw and your some tweet C's, about this. B's. Yeah, but as as I've scaled that, um, it's just not as it's not as possible. Like that doesn't scale. Like you know that sort of like hitting above your average doesn't scale. So I do think people kind of are what they are. Um, but you know, if you find yourself, I mean, look, I was in Las Vegas out of a bad relationship, overweight, not sure what the fuck I wanted to do with my life. And I just made a split decision one day. I'm moving to Denver, man. I, mo- I moved to Denver. I lost like 30 pounds. I got shredded. I, I took this job as a head of marketing. You like Denver organization. compared to Vegas? So well, I, I love Denver. I mean, you know, I, I lived in Vegas for 27 years. I've been gone for a long time. Like, um, I, you know, Vegas for me got really yeah. worn out. When you spend your whole life there, I got a little tired of it. It's not a bad place. It was just I got tired of it. I love Denver. I mean, I met my wife in Denver. Um, Denver changed me. Like, I went to Denver. There was a big tech scene. I, you know, I started a company and I was the third employee at a huge uh, startup called Havenly, which is still kicking ass to this day. I, I started my agency there and I started my current company there. And like, you know, Denver was like the inspiration I needed to like be a different person. So what's interesting about everything I'm saying is like, I probably had it within me to become this like better version of myself. But like the Vegas version of me was like yeah. some dickhead who was like betting on sports uh, with his uh, friends, drinking too much, being an idiot, going to Stoney's yeah. and going to, you know, going to all the spots, yeah. you know, on the strip and like doing that. 
shit and going to McFadden's like every Friday night. And like, that was my life. And then I moved to Denver and I'm like, yeah, I'm just going to go hike with my dogs and I'm going to go learn and I'm going to go do yoga and I'm going to get shredded and I'm going to learn about marketing, learn about tech. And, you know, and it really turned around my life. So when people ask like, what's your hometown? Damn. You know, I lived in Vegas 27 years, Denver. Yeah. Denver's home. But I mean, Hey, Southern California is like no joke. Living here is a dream. Whatever you've all seen in TVs and movies, it's just like, I, I was great. considering LA. However, I'm, I'm really torn because I love LA, but I, I love California. But I think I'm 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 heading to Miami. I think that's it's tough. I don't really know. It's really tough. I don't even like thinking about it because it stresses me out. But that's my goal for the end of this year. Yeah, you got. Huh? You know, I have a I have a I have a business partner um, from one of the companies we acquired who lives in Miami, and the dude lives a life that's like ten times cooler <laughs> than me, and he okay. spends like. <laughs> Like one put the money on it for any, you know, there's no state tax. So yeah, I mean, you know, it's funny. It's is like after my for, company was acquired, I went for to some, my... like for you, do you care about that out of curiosity? Dude, when my, when my company got acquired and it was a, you know, it was a big deal. I went to my accountant. So I'm like, what should I do? And then he was like, you, you should move to Nevada, Texas, or Florida right now and save yourself like a lot of money. And I was like, are you fucking crazy? Like my in-laws live in California, like 15 minutes away. We love California. We own a house here. And he was like, I'm did just you do it? Did you, did you he go, move? No, no. I mean, yeah, I'm still in California. I mean, funny though, we, we had a week where my best friend lives in Fort Lauderdale. We, we sat there and we talked about it. We we're like, well, you know, would Florida be that bad? I mean, for us, we, it's like the family thing. But yeah, I mean, over time, it'll probably end up being a seven-figure difference. By you know, I'll have I'm to sure say, you'll make that money up easily. Yeah, though. I mean, it'll be nothing at the end of your career. Well, yeah, I mean, and again, like for me, it's about what's the life I want to live. I, I like the you know the oceans warmer over there though, which would be nice. But too many bugs. Uh, but no, I mean, every time I've gone down to Florida, I fucking I love it. And my buddy just bought like an insane house. It was like seven hundred and fifty grand out here. Yeah, been, like, yeah, that's another. Million. Yeah, that is true. California's real estate market is. I do think the government is sometimes steals money from the people. There's no way Bay Area houses. The average house price is two million dollars for a wooden shack. I used to live in San Fran. I'm not, a, I'm not a Bay Area guy. I lived in the like, Bay Area I, I used still to travel. for the last nine months. And yeah, that, that was my Denver experience. But you were saying, I, I very much feel, how old are you, Adam? If I may yeah. ask, sorry. I, uh, I feel I'm like when you were a lot of the stuff you were saying, I was just like, damn. When you were like, ah, oh, when I was younger, I was experiencing that. I was like, what? I feel like I'm kind of going through that now. Like, I definitely, uh, if, can I be honest with you about something? Please. I mean, yeah, well, I think watching. I might take this part out. Um, this part right here, just what I'm about to say is I, I, I keep asking questions about your ego. It like drew me away from my, my convos because I do struggle with my ego, like not ego, but my aggressiveness when I'm working. And when I, when we worked with like D players, I don't even, I can't even imagine a D player now. Like I'll fry them. I don't want to be anywhere near that. And like, I really am trying to find ways. Like I even have it on my phone. It says, um, focus less on your career and focus more on being not being an asshole. I have it in the front of my phone because I really feel like that is my next step. And I'm not like an asshole, but like I just can't tolerate bullshit like from 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 certain people. How say, how do you should what, what'd you say? Okay, I'll keep this in. How how, how did you tolerate? How did you? I guess it seems like when you were younger, I definitely feel like you were a little bit more aggressive than you are now, and you had to control your ego over time. You know, I, um, it's again, like I get called ego a lot. Yeah, yeah. I think it's a little different than that. Now I'm, I'm sitting here surrounded by about no joke, like twenty, thirty thousand dollars in incredible Hulk. <laughs> this incredible Hulk. You know, I, I embody that. Shit. 
I'm with you. Like I um I when when we got a new CFO after the acquisition, he he flies from Orlando to Newport Beach, California, spends the day with me. And at the end of the day, I said, So what do you think? You like me? We're gonna work well together. And he goes, Can I tell you one big takeaway from you? And he said, and I said, Yeah, he goes, You do not deal with incompetence well. And I really, really don't to this day. And you know, since you shared something that we're not gonna cut out, I'll share something that we shouldn't cut out. You know, like last night I sent uh, a really harsh email at 8 p.m. to one of my top favorite leaders at my company and some people from our HR team. And and it was like a nuclear email and it had been building and building and building for like six months. And, and I, I didn't feel like I was being heard and, and we kept missing numbers and kept missing numbers. And, you know, you know what's interesting? After six months of me respecting these people and having their respect back and nothing got fixed, I go fucking nuclear last night. And then this morning at 5 a.m. Pacific time, I'm on the phone with all of them, talking through things, figuring it out, meeting with multiple people at my company. I probably talked to 15 people by 6 a.m. today. And all the things I was pissed about in that email are magically fucking great today. And, and the thing that pisses me off the most is why did it have to take that? A, I don't want to send that email. And I was saying, I when I sent it, I was so pissed my fucking fingers <laughs> were numb. I was mad. I mean, you talk about my love of the Hulk. I was upset. And yet, what what upsets me the most about it is literally within like, you know, that was last night, which I'm not a send, send mean emails guy. I'm not a send mean emails after hours guy. It's just not me, even though I'm pretty tough sometimes. It's like, Snap our fingers, it's fixed the next morning. Oh, okay, well, I've been fucking losing sleep over this for six months, but I'm glad it took me, you know, typing up 150 words to, like, for us to magically snap our fingers and fix it. So, you know, I think, like, for what you're dealing with, um, you know, it. I I'm not a yeah, people person. And, and <laughs> hey, like, but you know what's like, you have to be, you have to be smart enough to like know when to be on and when to be off. And, you know, I, I still struggle with it. And like, we had a great customer who's become a good friend of mine. Um, like send me kind of a weird email. He'll probably watch this too. Um, Hey man. Um, anyway, but like, you know, and then him and I had a call and, you know, he caught me on the wrong day at the wrong time I called him. I'm like, I'm like, you know, we're doing this shit for free for you just because your relationship with my company is like, yeah, I'm like, and you have the nerve to ask for this and that and like, and give us deadlines. I'm like, are you crazy? And, and we just had to have that talk. And you it's said funny. This word like, for I felt word like him and I were better word for word to him. Oh, Actually, it was worse. I'm just, I'm just. I'm pulling it back in case like anyone's really watching, but yeah, I mean, I, it was actually worse. I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, dude, this is like a free fucking thing we're doing for you. And in like these emails and these deadlines, you know, beggars don't get to be choosers. You can't pull that shit with me, period. So, you know, um, I've, I've, I've had to learn that. And listen, I've lost customers and pissed people off. I've lost business partners and I've had employees quit over it. But, you know, the people that have made it through are really well taken care of and, and do a good job. So I think it's, you know, my style is, as I've been reminded, and I was reminded today after I sent that email last night um, by a very smart person who told me, like, you know, most people don't do it that way. Well, okay, I don't give a fuck how most people do it. I don't care. This is the life I've built doing it this way. And again, it's like what we talked about building like a content machine. It's like, well, that's how Gary V does it. Good for fucking Gary V. You know, I would love to be able to to tweet GM and get 10 billion retweets. I don't get to. 